1: Welcome to another episode of Rousology. I am Justin Kutcher, I'm Matt Thomas.
0: What's up, man? What's up, Justin? Great to be back at it again. It's been a minute. We had a little bit of an off-season of our own, but only for like a week and a half or so. Right. We got a lot to talk about today. And uh, hey, just amidst all this off-season chaos, I I just want to thank you for not leaving me in free agency here, man. Uh How are you doing?
1: (laughs) Never, man. We're we're linked, so no worries there. Um, Good, man. Just uh, trying to follow all this news, and it's been so busy just keeping track of everything. So before we hop into uh, what we're going to discuss today, um, just clear up, not clear up, but just... uh, go through some housekeeping items. Um, First is our um, library of interviews. Um, Please check that out on our social media platform. Matt does an awesome job on our YouTube channel. Uh, We also have it on our um, podcast feed as well, available on um, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, all that good stuff. And of course, you can always email us at hoopsologypod at gmail.com. So on today's show, man, um, we're going to hop into Our top 10 teams that we find interesting, fascinating um, in terms of maybe their drafts. But, you know, free agency has been nuts. So I think that's going to be the majority of why we find it fascinating. And also this past season, too, just considering the success of the playoffs, um, their storylines. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think, certainly the teams on my list, I don't think, I mean, Just to spoil things. I mean, they have the Lakers. I mean, they're going to be a title contender, but the rest of these teams on here, the Lakers and Suns, other than that, I don't, they're the other three teams I don't see as title contenders. I think it's just compelling teams that we see as interesting heading into next season and um, looking forward to see what they do in terms of just their roster and offseason moves. So if, if you don't mind, Matt, why don't you kick it off and name your first team that you think is, you know, going to be interesting heading into this offseason the next season um and just hear your thoughts on your first team
0: yeah definitely well pull it up here so you guys can see and this is all coming off of nba.com i i can't go without mentioning the brooklyn nets i mean it the spoils of riches on this team is just absurd and credit to sean marks their gm for acquiring and keeping a lot of the talent that they got. They also got some pieces in the draft that can potentially contribute this next year. I mean, maybe not big time, but Daron Sharp from North Carolina, he's going to be a a serviceable, serviceable big for this team. Get at least some minutes in the rotation. I don't know if you remember, but last interview we had with Ricky O'Donnell, Right before the draft, he was high on Kessler Edwards as a sneaky player that uh, could have potential big bang for his buck in the second round. The Nets got that player. People are very polarized on Cam Thomas because he's a very polarizing player. But um, aside from all that, you look that they got James Johnson, who can play some good defense, kind of three and D type of guy for them, play creator potentially too. You look that they signed Patty Mills. They took him from the Spurs two years, $12 million. Very reasonable there. You look that they retained Blake Griffin on the veteran minimum when he could have made more money being, uh, again, a very serviceable, useful player he proved last year. You look that they retained him on the veteran minimum. It's just ridiculous, and they may not even – be done here necessarily there's rumblings now about Lamarcus aldridge justin i saw you retweeted this out from Woj earlier today if he clears medical requirements he may be able to also join this team on the veterans minimum or maybe reunite with damon portland but um look this this team has to be the title favorites even over the lakers i don't want to step on your toes with the lakers here but in my opinion this this team if they're healthy should should win the finals I, i'm i'm comfortable saying that this early on that's about all i got here i you didn't see a big three like this with this much depth like back in miami in the miami big three days it's it's just incredible you look at the names on their bench and they're starting five and it, it just almost doesn't make sense justin uh please your thoughts on the nets and then give us your first team
1: yeah, so I feel you. They are a title contender. Um, I'm hesitant in terms of them. I think your assessment. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I am what I'm hesitant on is just with, you know, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Right? You have. Injuries, you don't don't know where uh, Kyrie mine is at necessarily on basketball, so there are a lot of elements that are at play sure. here, so these are not three healthy guys all the way, and not to mention you have Kevin Durant playing in the Olympics, Kevin Durant played deeply into this playoffs, I mean it's physically grueling after coming off a pretty tough um, surgery and rehab, so I mean, there are questions heading into the next season that I'm not necessarily ready to label them as the favorite. Now, at the same time, you know, Blake Griffin was more than serviceable. Patty Mills is a great player. So I think if they stay healthy, um, if they get two out of the three of them, I think you're right. They'll end up in the... Um, NBA Finals and the the title contender. But at the same time, I think that's a big if. I don't think we should assume that that all three of them are going to remain healthy. I mean, there are track records and everything. I think that's a big if. Um, But I like their moves. I like how they're staying aggressive. Um, And also, you got to take a look at these three guys' egos, right? Like, you know, and pressure. I mean, this past season was weird. There were no fans there. It was The pressure that, like, the Miami Heat have experienced, or even, like, for instance, the Golden State Warriors when they won 70, what, 73 games. Um, The Brooklyn Nets this past season didn't have to deal with that because of the pandemic with the fans, right? I I felt, in terms of the pressure and kind of that villain role, that wasn't really applying to them, in my opinion. I'm sure (laughs) You, you hated them, but... And some other people did, but I mean, compared to the Miami Heat, in which they're getting booed in every single home arena I mean, every single away arena um, I didn't feel that so. Um, but overall, I think your assessment is right. All right, so let's hop into my first team, um, and that is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I'm gonna just hop into their potential starting lineup here. Um so with all, you guys probably know the, the news by now with all their signings, so I'm kind of going to give you their starting lineup so um, at point guard, Russell Westbrook Kendrick Nunn, shooting guard um, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington Austin Reeves um, s- s- small forward um, you have LeBron James, um, Ken Bazemore Trevor, Ria, Trevor Ariza um, and then Kyle Kuzma as we all know, he's gone bye bye, see you later um, power forward um, Anthony Davis, Carmel Anthony and we'll talk about him in a second. Center Dwight Howard, Marcus Soule. Um, and he, as you see on the screen there, are free agents, um, Alex Caruso, um, which I'll talk about later with the Bulls. Malik um, Morris, he's gone as well. Um, and then they get rid of um, KCP, Montrezl Harrell. Um, and I, I like Montrezl and then Harrell, and of course Kyle Kuzma's gone. Um, let's talk about the Russell Westbrook situation first. Um, I. I'm of two minds here. I think it can work, and I think it could blow up in Westbrook's face here. I think it's kind of a lot of risk, big reward. Um, Just because when you think about Westbrook, I mean, he makes a lot of bad turnovers. And I can see LeBron and Anthony Davis just getting increasingly frustrated with that. And especially with somebody who's a primarily ball hander like LeBron, giving the keys to Westbrook, where you know he wants the ball. I think it was in our chat, like you know he has the ball in his hands primarily. So LeBron, I don't know if he's going to be cool with the guys going to turn over the ball in key situations. Um, so I think that's something to watch out for. Um, I know another thing's been criticized was the Carmelo Anthony. I love the signing. Melo has really improved in Portland. Um, I think he's a great bench. I think he, he has adapted to come off the bench. He was unselfish with Dame, with CJ McCollum. That's the green light. That's good enough for me in terms of if he can be productive. So I think that is a great signing. Now, you want to talk about age? Absolutely. You want to talk about the future? Yeah, (laughs) 1,000%. You know, the shelf life of this team is, you know, little, right? I mean, it pretty much, it's this year and maybe next year in terms of them winning, having a chance to win the championship. But, you know, if we're talking about the present, I I am not totally against this team as the hatred that you've seen on Twitter. How about
0: you, man? Well, I think we clearly had an arms race between the Lakers and the Nets. Sure. And the Nets just totally won. I, I don't see any other way around it. I think Westbrook is a great add for the Lakers in the regular season. I think in the fourth quarter of the playoffs, is he, if he's taking the ball out of LeBron's hands, that's where I have a big problem with this. This team is title or bust as constructed i don't think westbrook brings them closer to a title a lot of the pieces that they gave to the wizards who spoiler i'm going to talk about next so i'll i'll use uh, some of my wizards time on this but i i honestly would rather kept kcp i would rather kept Montres harrell i like Marcus i would bro. rather kyle kuzma i think they needed to move see someone who is super overrated I know. <laughs> I, he needs more opportunity to grow. He, he wasn't going to yeah. grow in LA. It was a bad That's situation true. for him yeah. there. Um, I, I know you're not high on Kuzma. I think a lot of that is fair, um, but it, it's just not a good situation for him in LA either. Um, so I I don't know. I don't love the mellow move. He's 37. I, I just see it as kind of a non-factor. I think defensively they are a lot weaker than they were last year the loss of caruso who's arguably their best perimeter defender from last year i think that's a lot bigger than than people give it credit for i i think the biggest signings and where i'll say that the lakers did well was that they got some young players that are really talented and can contribute they got malik monk that's huge that may have been one of their biggest additions but to kind of wrap this up and and move on to the next team in the order interest of keeping this quick. You've got Carmelo, Anthony, LeBron James, their friends. Okay. You got (laughs) Russell Westbrook seems to be cool with LeBron. You've got Dwight Howard on this team. Now it it was a good experiment for them. Two years ago. It wasn't the very first time he was in LA now, very combustible situation with Dwight.
1: For a guy yeah. who
0: is not going to contribute all that much to this team, but you know, Stop recent history with the Lakers ha- has been better. So yeah. I, I got to say that, um, you know, th- this is the team. That's probably still the favorite to get out of the West, but I, I'm skeptical. I think this could be another upset year.
1: It's so weird. Cause I'm, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about this roster, but I don't think they're the favorite to coming out of the West. Mm. Um, but I, it's, it's weird because I don't dislike their moves totally. But I just, I mean, with the Warriors, I just, I think they're going to be a factor as well as the Suns. I don't think they're a fluke either, but we'll, we'll hop into that.
0: Um, so go ahead, Matt. For sure, for sure. So piggybacking off of this, uh, I'm going to talk about the Wizards real quick. They made some significant moves here. We talked about the Westbrook trade and what they got for that. Here it is if you want to see. This isn't yet complete. And I know there's stuff on this list, even from NBA.com, that's missing. So I hear you guys, and I don't know when you're going to see this. So there may be stuff missing. It, always fluid with free agency, right? But basically, they get Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, um, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. They also get uh, a second-round draft pick in, in this five team trade it's looking like last i checked they also get aaron holiday who's a serviceable guard from indiana a lot of people were talking about him uh, heading into this off season they get to see if kyle kuzma can come back to his scoring ways like he did in his rookie and sophomore seasons we'll see uh, obviously big question mark there I, I think fair to question that um And so you get a lot of pieces and then we get news just a few hours before we come on the air here, Justin, that they get Spencer Dinwiddie as well, who may be a better fit next to Bradley Beal. And what you get is a team that's going to be, in my opinion, a lot better next year. Not saying that they are a title contender. No, no, no. Not saying that they're a contender for the East. Definitely not. But a team that is much better than last year in a year coming up where you're going to need to increase Bradley Beal's happiness if you're going to have any chance of him staying. So they got a ton of depth. That was their big weakness last season. And that's, that's what I have to say about the Wizards. Uh, what are your thoughts on their moves?
1: Yeah, not too much, but if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm thrilled about this. Me too. And with the East, I think to me, if you take a look at the injuries and the way things have played out, I mean, they have a nice team there with a lot of experience. So you just you never know. I mean, the trips fall where they may, where, you know, I could see them in that top five seating possibly, you know. I mean, they have the pieces there to take advantage of it. So if I'm a Wizards fan, I'm happy about this. Um I think the the Westbrook Experiment. I wouldn't call it like a, well, I guess I would call it a failure. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the East at some point.
0: Made the Um, playoffs.
1: They did. They did. But I guess their expectations, I mean, you have two all stars. I mean, you can't be the worst team in the league at one point, right? I mean, now you have to account for COVID protocols, but still, I mean, at one point, this team was a laughing stock. I mean, at the start of the year, for sure. At the start of the year, I mean, that's just inexcusable for a team with players of that caliber so i think this roster constructed at this point i think there should be some semi expectations with this team so i'm feeling pretty good about the wizards in terms of them being in the middle of the pack so um i think they're gonna be very compelling to watch um all right so let's get into this i'll try not to talk about this too much and that is the chicago bulls the team on my hat here yes um
0: hey baskin it man we get to do some bulls talk finally
1: <laughs> so let's get to the bad news first so I'll so basically with the team and i'll get to their signings they're gonna be atrocious defensively so let us just get at that out of the way I'm on no illusions so let's break down what, what, what was on the screen here um I'm not really familiar with their draft pick quite honestly just with the bulls in terms of getting them getting rid of their draft picks the draft in terms from a bull's perspective had zero interest I'm just
0: yeah there. second round pick. Um,
1: so Alex Caruso, I, I like. Um, Alonzo Ball, like. Um, Laurie Marketing's a question mark. I've heard all kinds of things. I've heard, you know, you just read Twitter and different journalists are talking. I heard he's asking for too much and a lot of teams are out of money. So yeah. it might be he might be out of luck. And it might be playing, it might be good for the Bulls, you know. So we'll have to wait and see there. Um, as you can see, um, there's some trades there. Nothing of no free agents, Daniel Tice. So let's hop into the big signs, right? So DeMar DeRozan, sign, receives three-year deal in a sign and trade. Um, Lonzo Ball, as I mentioned earlier, sign. Um, and then Tony Bradley agrees to a two-year deal. Um, and and right now, the potential starting lineup for this roster is Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikolai Vucevic. So to me... It kind of reminds me, and Matt, you'll relate to this. Our listeners may not. We remember when you know we went both well, went to the University of Mexico. Remember when they were ranked third in the nation and the tournament was coming up? And I hate to bring up some bad memories, but everybody's picking all they're going to the Final Four. They're going ah, to be so great. They get bounced in the first round. I have a similar feeling of this team, where it, it looks good potentially, but I'm not sold, and I can see them being barely making the play-in tournament. To be honest. Wow. Just in terms of how these pieces fit together, I don't know. And I think in this era of the NBA, especially them playing in the East, it's kind of always been this way, at least after Jordan's era, got to play some form of defense. And I just think with this team, I just don't see it. So, and also with the East, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, let's face it here. I mean, you don't have a, we're not in the Eastern Conference where it's like two top teams and the rest of the teams suck. I mean, you got really probably five or six teams that are, you know, good. And so I think with Chicago, just because of that, I can see them just struggling and losing some games that they shouldn't just because they're going to be in, you know, shootouts and, and not being able to get stops. So do I like them being in the conversation? Yes. Do I like their general manager, um, you know, making some off season moves? Do I like the general manager um, going to DeMar DeRozan's um, home on the West Coast and talking to him and getting him, yes, all those things I like. But at the same time, am I super excited about this roster in terms of their playoff chances of getting a higher seed? No, I'm not. Man, I'm being a party pooper. I don't know, but
0: gotcha. I, I think two things. Number one, I think for you as a Bulls fan they're interesting to watch now. They're, sure, they're a true. better watch now with yeah. this team, even if it's a lot of scoring and not a ton of defense. I, I like Lonzo on defense, but you're right outside of that. Uh, and maybe Caruso when he sure. gets a chance to play, you know, which he's not going to be a starter on this team, most likely. Uh, outside of that. Yeah. De- defensively, they're lacking, but interesting watch more fun to watch. I think the other thing, that we can take away from the NBA in recent years is that having big contracts is actually a pretty good thing and not the end of the world. Contracts are very movable nowadays, it seems. And the cap is only going to increase in recent years, um, in upcoming years, that is. So I think the bulls are moving up and, and I think, What this is a sign to me, especially with DeRozan heading to the Bulls, is that the Bulls' front office is improving their prestige, their status around the league. So, yeah, they're not Eastern title contenders right now. I would be honestly surprised if they break like top six seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But I do think they are definitely riding the ship and they are making – moves to get ready to make that big move down the road. Uh, When some of these guys' contracts, like maybe DeMar DeRozan, when his contract is expiring... What will they be able to move him for? Can they make the next leap at that point? Will they be that much of an appealing franchise that they can get the big player at that point and then really ascend? Maybe by the time the nets are starting to drop off. That's what I would look for if I were a Bulls fan. I, I think it's it's pretty much all positive, even though, yeah. yeah, if you're if you're looking at it like title or bus, then then, yeah, I mean, you're not winning the title next no, year unless no, something crazy be. happens. But, no, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd be very relevant
1: Yeah, absolutely. Relevancy, thrilled to be back to being relevant, um, even yeah. if they're terrible. I mean, they're going to get talked about just because of the roster and, instead of this fading into obscurity. So that's a positive. But um, I guess what i am seeing on Twitter in terms of uh, this renewed – like, if this is going to be some kind of team to really do anything, I don't think so. That's where I'm super hesitant.
0: So. And let me say, and then I'll move on. There was StatMuse on Twitter. Shout out to them. A, gr- a great handle to follow. Yeah. They were saying the Bulls, here's the Bulls' big three. I I don't consider Vucevic, DeRozan, <laughs> I don't and Levine. So no disrespect to any of those players. I agree. I, I don't think – that's a big three and then i saw people in the comments which yes it's dangerous to read the comments but hey what about lonzo ball this is a big four (laughs) (laughs) so i I think uh you know it shows how much people love the bulls that that they want to root for this team so badly and see this team be great which i do too uh let's move on and we covered Your team with the Bulls because they're going to be interesting this year. My team has maybe their 15 minutes of fame right now because I would say they are the unanimous favorites as the team that won the NBA draft. So I just want to talk to that, talk about that for a minute because hey, the draft happened since we last recorded. Right. Uh, So widely accepted that the Rockets and the Magic were the teams that did the best in the draft. Obviously, you have to see. How that talent develops. So you can never put too much stock in this, even with what we're hearing about from the Rockets. But I did want to mention Jalen Green. You can go back, listen to our interview with Ricky O'Donnell for thoughts on him and his game, what to look for. He played in the G League. He has some legitimate scoring chops. I still wish the Rockets would have drafted Evan Mobley, but I don't consider this taking an L, drafting Jalen Green at number two, especially when they trade up and they get Alperin Sangun. um, Hopefully I pronounced that right. The Turkish league, 18 year old MVP uh, at number 16. I've looked at some of his footage. He does look a little bit raw, but he's got an outside shot. looks like a a very talented, big, you know, it's going to be a project. All four of these draft picks for the Rockets are 19 years old now at this point. So very young team. I'm really excited to get this team on league pass now, even though they're not going to win a lot of games next year, it's going to be fun to watch their development. So I feel really encouraged. Usman Garuba, uh, a power forward, defensive specialist, still pretty raw. You you've been able to see him play in the Olympics. He's been on Team Spain. Um, And then Josh Christopher, who I could not tell you very much about, but has some potential as a guard there. Uh, They also signed from your Bulls, Daniel Tice, who I think is going to be a serviceable big, and it's only four years, 36 million. The fourth year is a team option. I I think that's very reasonable to get a, a big with some experience in the league for these younger bigs. So I I feel very positive about the Rockets. They still have moves they can make with John Wall. You'd imagine they'd move him. You'd imagine they'd move Eric Gordon. So I I'm very encouraged with what I see here. And that's basically what I want to say. That may be the extent of our Rockets talk, at least on the main show. I may do separate segments about them depending on what they do this year. But I'm excited, man. What do you think about the Rockets, and who's your next team?
1: Uh, I don't have too much to add. Um, I will say, you know, having that youth, I want to just ask you another question (laughs) because this is your team. Do you feel optimistic about their potential? Obviously, I'm, I'm asking you to kind of be a fortune teller here, but, you know, can you see them gelling this be a nucleus for, you know, two, three years down the road, or is this kind of a question mark at this point?
0: It's volatile. No doubt. I think most people widely accept, I mean, you know, you were there listening to me when we were talking to Ricky. I mean, he he said those top four or five picks were really supposed to be bona fide NBA superstars. Maybe not all of them multi-time all-stars, but close to that level at least. So I'm hopeful Jalen Green can have a big scoring impact on this team, replace some of the void that James Harden left, obviously. I think if, I think Sengun being so young, being from the Turkish league, the big question mark. I think if, if three years, he's the starter for this team, that's going to be amazing for them. That That's going to be an amazing land for them. And Garuba is even more raw. So, you know, as it goes with the draft, the further you go, the, you know, the less likely things are to stick for these players, but I could see him being a rotation player, um, I'm trying to think of a good NBA comparison, but basically just, uh, a big coming off the bench, defensive specialist kind of defense rebounding kind of guy. We'll see if he develops any sort of consistent jump shot. That's going to be a huge question mark for him. And then Josh Christopher, I, I don't know enough about him to pretend to, to give you a projection, but, uh, no, it's very volatile, especially considering another big piece of this team right now is Kevin Porter Jr. And we know that he's had some issues with his personal life and, and hopefully we get a redemption story from him and he gets that all together. He's been very positive about being in Houston, loves the environment there so far. So I'm hoping that sticks as well because guy with a lot of talent, but just some things off the court have have kept him from number one the cleveland cavaliers but also having i think the career that he could have
1: Gotcha. okay well as you said they look to be a good uh league pass team so looking forward I to their so. development and jim <laughs> just kind of turn the page i mean it's just been a lot of drama with that team so just to they have a clean slate to start over again um, i'm sure that's going to be refreshing um my third team not like sensational but i mean they were a team that went to the NBA Finals, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Um, no doubt, I'm um, getting Chris Paul to a four-year deal. Um, Cameron Payne returns. They get Javale McGee. I think is a positive signing. Um, you take a look at here so far. Didn't really lose too much. Um, they trade Javon Carter. Free agents. Uh, Torrey Craig is lost. Um, so looking at this, I think the Suns. What I am looking for is where do they fit in kind of the the pathion of the Western Conference, right? Because in the NBA, I don't know about the NFL, typically teams don't just get hot and cold. You you remain at the top. You remain in the playoff pitcher for a long time until you kind of recycle your players. So I think with the Phoenix Suns, I don't see them being a fluke. You know, you take a look at the NFL, right? And, you know, what's that stat you always hear about the team that makes the, the Super Bowl? They struggle the next season or something, right? The NBA doesn't really work that way. So I think with we'll get, getting Chris Paul to resign, Devin Booker, um, and really, the, I think Deandre, DeAndre Aiden's development, I think it's going to be a huge kind of question mark, you know, considering Dallas' first NBA finals. I mean, considering, let's be honest, I mean, Giannis ate him for lunch <laughs> a, a lot of those games. So I think seeing where the Suns go with their development, I think is gonna be very compelling. And seeing them at full strength in terms of like full capacity with full fans, um, I think they're they're a compelling team to to, to watch, um, even though their off season moves don't look sensational.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you. I think they got campaign at a sweetheart of a deal there. Three years, twenty seven million, I believe it was. That's that's good value on campaign considering the playoffs that he had. They could have really used a JaVale McGee during the NBA finals. He okay. would have helped them out a lot yeah. given that Sarich was down with that injury. So he will back up, you would assume uh, DeAndre Aiden, take a little bit of pressure off of the young fella. But look, I think uh, also Landry Shamit is a good addition as, as kind of a three and D guy, uh, a guy who can just consistently knock down three point jumpers. he's he's a good get as well, and they didn't really have to give up much to get him. So I, I think I, I'm encouraged by the suns kind of sticking together and gelling. And I think the suns will still be hungry coming into next year. You've got, of course, Injury concerns with Chris Paul, how is he going to hold up over the course of the season? That could tank their whole season if he really goes down. Um, But I think Devin Booker is is a guy who is professional and determined. There's a great um, Bill Simmons pod where Jackie McMullen was talking about how he's a historian of the game, how much he respects the game. I do have faith in this team to not just – slack off after uh exceeding expectations last year i I think they're going to stay determined i think they're going to stay after it and yeah it, it wouldn't shock me at all if this team is back in the western conference finals i think getting back to the finals is a pretty tall task a pretty tall ask for them but they're definitely in contention and it it wouldn't uh it wouldn't be as shocking to me as it was this last season. Let's let's put it that way. So I believe in, in the Suns and their progression. Um, any other thoughts on the Suns before I give you my next team?
1: No, that's it. Go ahead, man.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So we are going to move to a team. Forgive me as I scroll here to get them up here. But uh, a team really that hasn't done a lot is kind of the – the story that i want to highlight with them and that is here they are coming up on the screen the philadelphia 76ers interesting team maybe i'm saying this for the wrong reasons i i see this team so okay you have drummond that they've signed at the veteran minimum you have furcon corkmaz three years 15 million that's a good deal for him serviceable guy on this roster. That good to bring him back. Um, one of our buddies, Alec, at Off the Glass Podcast. Um, it's always something in Philadelphia. You guys can check them out. He was high on them bringing back Corkmas. So I'm going to take his word on that since he covers the Sixers. They lose Dwight Howard. I don't think that's huge. I think getting Drummond is much much of an improvement for them. But other than that, you know, they, it looks like they're going to lose Danny green, not a huge deal, but one of their perimeter players who is serviceable. And the big looming question is what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. Are we going to have this awkwardness that you walk in day one and Ben Simmons has to go to his locker? and it's just super awkward in that locker room because Joel Embiid threw him under the bus, because Doc threw him under the bus. Basically, the whole franchise threw him under the bus. It's going to be tough to repair that relationship. That may end up being what they have to do, at least until the trade deadline, in order to make him uh, a high-value asset. And we know that Daryl Morey has been asking a lot for Ben Simmons. We'll see if that pays off or not. I'm typically pretty high on Daryl Morey. I thought he did a pretty good job in Houston all things considered up until, you know, about the very end there. So, it's a team with a lot of question marks and barring, you know, Kawhi Leonard coming to Philadelphia, <laughs> it seems like the 76ers are taking a fall towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings if if something big doesn't happen here. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a repeat in the regular season of this team riding number one all year. Your thoughts and your next team, Justin.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Um, I'm trying not to go on a big rant about Ben Simmons. Uh, <laughs> I will say, from all accounts, they should, separating my feelings about him, they should just trade him just because there seems to be a lot of bad blood, right? So mm. you have a very have a disgruntled player. It, from all accounts, the players are not welcoming him back with open arms. There's bad blood with the playoffs. They're out unhappy with his offseason development. I just say you just got to cut ties and just move on with mm. parties involved. Even if
0: it's less value than you want.
1: I just it, – it's just – Diminish at this point. I mean, it, it's already from all accounts, from every single NBA player that you've heard talk about the situation, it, it seems like a mental situation in terms of his jump shot and him in terms of scoring. So just imagine if it is other thing that is going to impede his progress. Right. So I'm not sure that's helping the situation. And him being an asset for your team um, if he remains on the roster. So I would kind of do almost anything as it takes to get rid of him, unfortunately, at this point. Mm. Because I just don't see how he's going to be productive. But um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Let's hop into the New York Knicks. Um, this is a team that made um, some very compelling moves um, just recently. I think as of today, I, I believe with Kimba Walker, is that today as of this recording, yeah. uh, August 4th um, say so sign um, Kimba Walker, um, after a buyout with the Thunder, um, they get um, Evan Fournier. Um, they get Derrick Rose, which he was rumored to, you know, sh- there were some huge Chicago Bulls rumors with him. Um, mm. I thought that wouldn't really make any sense. I'm glad he <laughs> – I like Derrick Rose, but I don't know how that would really work, especially if they got Alonzo Ball. I
0: mean, Right.
1: Um, I-, I think the Knicks is a much better fit for him at this point. New Orleans, Noel, I've never been really high on him. Um, Alex Burks and Tosh Gibson Tosh Gibson was always a great player um, a uh, Fibido favorite so I'm not surprised um, you see the draft there uh, Quayton Grimes um, Rocus Namabatas uh, Miles McBride and Jericho Sims um, no trades and the free agent losses Reggie Bullock to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Knicks are going to be a very interesting team they're, they're, they're a lot like Chicago as you mentioned man in terms of if they have any hope and you you know your fan base is going to go wild. So I think the big question for them is is this going to be, can they repeat the success of last year? Um, And I'm not sure about that, just because of the depth of the Eastern Conference. I never thought I would actually say that (laughs) Um, in terms of the East having a lot of depth, but it's true. Um, So I think there's actually going to be a lot of pressure on this team. Uh, We'll see what their draft picks are made out of. I think that's kind of going to kind of make or break them in future years. Uh, not necessarily next year, but just, I think in terms of the future of this team, that's, um, that's going to be something to um, watch. And I think with Julius Randall, um, we'll have to see if that was an admiration. You kind of saw in the playoffs where I think the pressure got to him. I mean, he got the awards, he got the adulation. Um, but yet when it came to being clutch, especially in that um, Hawks series, I mean, you know, he didn't perform and it's only going to get more pressure now on him. And I, I don't really um, like their chances, but I think with all these players and I think their draft picks, they are going to be a very compelling team to watch in terms of their development, even if um, they're probably going to be in that play in tournament battle in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So that would be a pretty big step back for the Knicks. You you think they're heading back down to the play in tournament?
1: I do. I think so.
0: I tend to agree with you. Actually. I, I feel like a lot of people, and maybe this is just Twitter, but I feel like a lot of people were really high on the Knicks. I don't know about the Evan Fournier signing for that much money. I don't know about Nerland's Noel for that much money for three years. (laughs) So I kind of feel like whereas the Bulls became more interesting and I think opened up more doors, I'm almost wondering if the Knicks put a limit to their ceiling and where they can grow to, to reach with this core. Like, I'm almost wondering if they would have been smarter to keep a little bit more cap room available for future years. Like, can you lure Bradley Beal? Not to say that moves can't be made. That's that's certainly true. I, I just talked about earlier that, you know, having assets is certainly a benefit to you. And maybe they have that with some of these players signed. I, I just don't see other teams wanting to take on those contracts that I mentioned at the rate that they're paying for. But, you know, I, I kind of want to wait and see, but I'm with you. I don't think people are going to be surprised by the Knicks this year. And that's the main reason that I see them kind of taking a step back. I also just year to year with Derek Rose because of his injury history, that's because true. of things from his past. I, I wish him all the best. I hope he has a great season. Of course it's, it's just now we've seen so much, it's hard for me to believe he's going to have consecutive, super successful seasons at this stage in his career, where he's he's even older now at this point. But, of course, we hope to see that. Any other thoughts on the Knicks before I move to my last team?
1: Um, only other thought would be, you know, Thibodeau, I mean, he has a good track record of making kind of players that are discarded good again.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So I think that happened in Chicago all the time where, you know, people would thought, hey, this player is damaged goods. You know, they have a couple of great seasons in Chicago and then they get some really big contracts somewhere else. So we'll see. With someone like New Orleans Noel, which I'm not sold, I agree with you. I've, I've never thought he was, didn't really re- achieve the potential as people thought he sh- could have. I think under Tipito, yeah, he's got like a shot. So yeah. I'm, I, mean, I think that's kind of the year. only hope. Yeah, understood. I just think You know, I think there's some hope, you know, going on for a lot of those. Plus you saw the resurgence of Derrick Rose. So nothing's out of the realm of possibility. But I think I agree with you, Matt. I think they're going to take a step back.
0: So what I'm hearing for you from you is that Tom Thibodeau is the Quentin Tarantino of basketball coaches. (laughs) He he takes your, uh, you know, your John Travolta when he's been out of the loop for a while and makes him a star again. Well, takes maybe. your Daryl Hannah, maybe. puts her in Kill Bill, makes her star again. Well, <laughs> he scared.
1: curses just as much. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, my last team here, and then Justin, I, th- I think you got one more, right? Yeah, agreed. Um, my last team here, team that not many people are talking about, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about them. It's the San Antonio Spurs. It's going to be a youth movement already has been for some time in San Antonio, just now even more. So feels like we have cut ties entirely from the past of San Antonio. Now with Patty Mills leaving, especially kind of the last remaining member of those teams that beat the Miami heat. Um, so Patty Mills has gone to Brooklyn, Rudy gay to the jazz. Uh, they lose of course to Rosen to your bulls. They sign Doug McDermott, which I like. Uh, reasonable value for him at three years, $42 million, a guy who can really knock down three-pointers. As you know, Justin, one of your guys from Chicago. Sure. Uh, they, they sign Jock Landale. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that name wrong, <laughs> but I wanted to point him out because he's another Olympian on Team Australia. So a guy that got another uh, an Olympic contract here. Looks to be – I actually have some pretty good potential from what I've been reading, the the very little that I've been reading. They get Bryn Forbes from the Bucks. He comes back to San Antonio. I thought that was a good move. I actually really like – and this is polarizing. A lot of people disagree with me, but I like them taking a flyer on Zach Collins from Portland, a guy who had a lot of pedigree when he was drafted from Gonzaga and just has been riddled with injuries. They have him for – Three years, I believe it's 22 million. So basically, just taking a flyer on Zach Call and seeing if there's anything there. I like that. And I I think Popovich is the right coach to do that under. So, some of the things I I like about what the Spurs are doing, I'm not suspecting any sort of success. A lot of people are ripping on them for drafting Josh Primo with the 12th pick when they could have taken. Um, so thank you Spurs, but they could have taken Alperin Sangun there, the Turkish league MVP, who's now a rocket. They could have taken him there and that feels like a very Spursy move, but maybe they know something that we don't know. Um, and I guess long story short, there are still lots of moves to be made. They also get Thaddeus Young, Alfaruka Aminu from that, uh, DeRozan sign and trade, they get three draft picks, two second rounders in the future, and one first rounder in the future. So not a big deal there. But they get some stuff for DeRozan when they could have gotten nothing for him uh, by way of that sign and trade. And Thaddeus Young is a guy who you can maybe flip for other pieces or other value. So I think it's interesting what they're trying to build. They have 16 players on this roster right now, so they're not done making moves because you can only have 15 players. We'll see what they do. Um, I... I find them interesting. The other thing that I'm wondering and kind of the the bigger topic that I wanted to mention is I wonder after the Olympics, after the scrutiny, after the stress that Popovich has gone under uh, this past season, the the past couple seasons really, with a lot of headaches that he's had to deal with uh, just on this franchise in general, being a rebuilding team. I wonder how much longer Popovich is going to coach too. You, you would think on the one hand he... Is the best, arguably the best talent developer of our generation as far as coaches go in the NBA. But on the other hand, at this stage of his career, does he want to work on developing another team or does he want to ride off into the sunset at this point? I I do question: is this season or next season going to be the last year for Greg Popovich? And you know, Popovich has certainly earned the right to retire when he calls it, when he wants to. And I believe this franchise will give him the right to do that. But I think it's going to be interesting moving forward. Justin, um, your thoughts on the Spurs?
1: Um, not much. Echoed my thoughts on on the Spurs. You mentioned Popovich. I think that's going to be kind of the key, right? Um, it seems sure. like it's transitioning everything away from the Popovich era into this new era. Um, I wonder if they're going to hire within with either, you know, Tim Duncan or Becky Hammond as kind of the heir appearance. So um, I think that's the big question here. I could see, you know, the Spurs struggling, and that can kind of be the cue for Popovich to go into the sunset and, you know, have a new era of this team. I mean, it's been there since the late 90s. So this has been his, you know, the team has been molded into his vision ever since then. Um, so I think I wonder how that transition is going to play out. I think it going be very interesting.
0: Absolutely. Why don't you give us your last team, Justin?
1: For sure. Um, my last team is the Miami Heat.
0: Ah, uh, this
1: team, I, I would have to consider their um, this past season to be a disappointment considering their success in the bubble and everything heading into it. I mean, we discussed you know this past season about Tyler Hero's struggles, um, and it looks like the Heat certainly made a lot of moves. So, um, excuse me, let's break down first Kyle Lowry. He's headed to Miami. Um, I'll be honest, I've always thought Kyle Lowry to be overrated. I like mm-hmm. his competitive spirit. I like his heart, but as a massive difference maker, I don't know. Um, I like, I think he'll fit in with Jimmy Butler, though. So I think Dalby, that's a great fit in terms of personality. Um, a lot of people were criticizing the Duncan Robinson signing <laughs> for five years and all that money. Um, so I think that's interesting. Um. Also, yeah, PJ Tucker agreeing to a two-year deal. Uh, That's a here. big deal because he's gone it from is. the Bucks now. Yeah, which is very interesting. Just, <laughs> um, I guess he wants to party in South Beach permanently. Because considering you saw him at the parade and him getting down, maybe he just wanted to do that at every you know home game. We'll have to wait to see <laughs> there. Um. So you know, you see some other changes there with Markeith um, Morris. Um. Again, I mentioned Victor Oladipo. I think with the Heat, it it kind of reminds me of what you mentioned with the Bulls. Got a lot of old guys on his roster. Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, granted they have you know Bam right, but still, has Bam proven to be a you know a massive difference maker in this league? I mean, he's not Joel Embiid. He's not an MVP candidate. So I don't. So I think with all these guys. (laughs) Uh, it's kind of like you're just mixing all these components And seeing if they work It reminds me a lot of Chicago to be honest Like I can see <laughs> it really working out Or I can see it kind of being a complete disaster I don't really know At this point um, But I, you know Pat Riley's making moves As well as Eric Spostra So you know that that's their deal But um, I think their moves Make them very compelling and I think With Kyle Lowry being there I think they're going to be A team to watch Um I put them in the middle of the pack, probably five through eight, six through eight, around Mm. there. Um, But I can see them overachieving too. If if things again, it's so unpredictable because of injuries and just a number of other factors. COVID being a part of our lives now, that's going to be a factor forever. I or at least until we, I hope not forever, but you know what I mean. And the most uh, conceivable future in terms of just you know COVID, you know, sit outs. In terms of let's say. The league is 90 percent vaccinated. If a guy tests positive for COVID, even if he's fine, I mean, he's going to have to sit out. I mean, there's just NBA protocol. I mean, So I just think, you know, we're under these circumstances, which we're in a new paradigm shift of just sports in general. So um, I guess what I'm saying is that with, with, with these roster changes that we're not only seeing with the Heat, but with other teams, you know, things break your way. You could take advantage of that. So I think that makes the it's Heat a compelling team to look out for
0: let me ask you this freeze rosters right now assume everyone's healthy yeah Uh, did the heat leapfrog the sixers oh
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question
0: because you've got you've got bucks right you got to give the bucks a nod they'll at least be great in the regular season the nets of course we talked about them yeah then potentially the sixers may be better than the heat for regular season record maybe not you know the heat are older, regular season might be tough for them i i've I kind of like the idea that they could be the fifth through maybe the seventh yeah. seed. I don't see them dropping below that really, but uh, yeah, I guess you know i I'm unsure about these moves by the heat. I like the signing of Duncan Robinson as long as he continues to improve sure. I don't want to pay Jimmy Butler $50 million in four years. I'm sorry. I, I like you, Jimmy Butler, but you've got a lot of mileage on you. It's true. And I don't know that I, I want to pay. I, I get they have to sign him. They have to keep him happy. They have to give him that max deal. But, man, I, I don't know that I like that in four years. But, you know, we're talking about this year. We're talking about a two-year window or so with this Heat team. I, I don't think they're close to the Nets. I don't think they're close to competing with them unless we see Bam take a really big leap in terms of what he can do for them. Uh, and in terms of his like skill level improving. Um, so I don't know, you know, I've got a soft spot for the heat. I like that franchise. I like that team. I just feel kind of, kind of meh about this offseason. season. I don't know that Kyle Lowry is that big of an improvement over Dragic. Uh, maybe he is over Dragic of last year, but Kyle Lowry also kind of shifted down gears a little bit as a player last year. He had, he had an uncharacteristically bad year, part of the reason that Toronto struggled last year. So we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know about the heat. Um, did you have any – I'm putting you on the spot here. I have a couple teams mentioned as sort of like – Honorable mention quick fire teams do you have any kind of honorable mention teams you want to mention maybe not go through their full roster but just kind of if you're disappointed or happy with anything else the other teams did you know big news right now guys as of recording this is that Kawhi Leonard still hasn't moved he's the biggest name that's a free agent right now um and he opted out of his player options so he wants a longer term deal from things I've read, it seems he's going to stay in Los Angeles with the Clippers, but yeah. you can't pretend to know what Kawhi Leonard's going to do, so that's all hearsay. Oh, that's um, true. So, so let me tell you a few things, and then you can – a few of my honorable mentions, Justin, and then yeah. you can add on to this. Sure. The Hawks are interesting because um, John Collins is a restricted free agent. we got to figure out what he's going to do that's going to change the shape of this team big time if he goes somewhere in a sign and trade or otherwise but of course Atlanta holds the cards here i just don't know that you know if if someone offers him the max i don't think you want to be paying john collins the max it really seems like he's reports
1: that he might agree to a deal with the hawks mm. uh, from, from all accounts via multiple reports for a five year deal um, so I don't know if that's in stone, but it seems like he might be staying with them.
0: Great. I, I think that's great for Atlanta then. Yeah. Um, assuming they don't kill their cap with that move, but well, that's good to hear. Um, the, the other team that I, a lot of people wanted us to talk about this team and I kind of want to reserve judgment, the Dallas Mavericks. I, sure. I just don't know. Like, I think, these interesting pieces that you mentioned that, that haven't been signed yet. Like your Lori Markinen, like your Dragic. Um, these are players that could fall to Dallas. Like your Kelly Ubre's, even guys like that, that haven't signed yet are are guys that may fall in Dallas's lap just simply because they might be looking around and say, Hey, I'd love to give a play at least a season with Luca. Let's try this out. So, I I don't know right now I would give Dallas a bad grade if things were frozen now, but I kind of feel like there's another domino or two that could go. The other thing that I had that I wanted to mention is that the new Orleans Pelicans have really disappointed just basically not, not getting anything done. And then of course, um, Lonzo ball leaves the team. I, I do think that's kind of a big deal for them. I I think he could gel well with Zion over the years. And I I totally get why Lonzo left to get out of that situation. I think it's going to be much better for him in Chicago um, and much more eyeballs on him in Chicago, of course. But I think you've got to be disappointed if you're the Pelicans, if you're a Pelicans fan and you want to keep Zion long-term, not have him end up being another Anthony Davis situation, another Chris Paul situation. It's not looking good for you right now. And, and, That's unfortunate, but um, that's the way it's gone so far. Of course, we'll see if there are other moves that get made. Any other teams that you wanted to mention before we wrap up?
1: Um, You pretty much uh, took the words out of my mouth. Um, I think the Hawks are just very compelling to watch and see. Um, I think what you mentioned with the Dallas Mavericks, you're right, a lot of their moves are not super impressive. And then you have this whole drama with, uh, Porzingis and um, Luca, right? Like, for, supposedly they hate each other. So I don't know how you're going to resolve that situation. Um, and then also, too, um, looking at the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I like some of the moves with, you know, I like Austin Rivers as kind of, you know, he's a serviceable player. Jeff Green signs to a two-year deal. Um, they get Rob yeah. Martin back. So those were some nice pickups for for Denver. You know, I think they had a very disappointing, um, you know, season. Um, even though, the, you know, you had the injury to Jamal Murray. A um, note I want to mention, I mean, that's it. Now I'll, I'll um, send it back to you, Matt. Um, Steph Curry signed a four-year extension. Um, you know, there's a little bit of rumblings about maybe him,
0: you know,
1: maybe leaving or testing out the waters. But, you know, he t- signs the extension. He's locked up. Um, so that's just one note I wanted to point out as well.
0: Yeah. That's another thing is that the warriors are potential beasts for next year. So you guys be sure you check out our content, whether you're watching here on YouTube or listening to the podcast, we really appreciate you tuning in. Give us your thoughts in the comments on these free agency teams. Is there an interesting team or storyline that we missed Who do you guys think are kind of the top contenders going into next year? We'll definitely talk more about that as we get closer to the next season starting. We will have plenty of off season content to keep you guys entertained. We'll have plenty of interviews coming up. Thank you, Justin, for your work on that. We are part of off the glass basketball podcast network. otgbasketball.com is where you can check that out along with a lot of other great podcasts like our own. We appreciate you guys. That's what I got, Justin. Anything else?
1: No, that's it. Uh, You wrapped it up nicely, Matt. Um, Enjoy the rest of the free agency period. Um, Just because this season is over um, doesn't mean that uh, we are stopping. So just stay tuned for our feed for uh, more great content. Enjoy the rest of the summer.
0: Peace.